You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Welcoming back to the show is my good friend, Bruce Cameron. Now, I will say this about Bruce. Of course, we're going to talk about A Dog's Purpose, the book, as well as the movie coming up and all the other wonderful stuff he's got going on. So I'm excited to have Bruce on the line, and we're going to chat it all up and get everybody all excited about the movie, which is right around the corner. So uh, everybody hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Want to know who the latest trendsetters are in Hollywood? How about Irish setters? Find out who's been spotted with Spot, chowing with their chow, and shopping for Gucci with their Poochie. Get the scoop on all the latest celebrity pet patter right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Uh, this is your host, Tim Link, and joining me today is not only New York Times and USA Today bestselling author, but I hear and have seen with my own eyes, he is the number one New York Times bestseller of the book, A Dog's Purpose. Welcome back to the show, Bruce Cameron. Uh, it's so great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah you're, it, you're exactly it, right. It's number one as on the New York Times bestseller list as both the trade paperback list and the mass market list. So when it comes to paperback, I'm the king. <laughs> well, congratulations. Well, I have to ask you, obviously, you know, A Dog's Purpose has been out for a while, and we'll talk about the movie coming up here shortly. But how is that? I've got to try to get in your mind a little bit, which is very scary for me, but I will attempt to do this, Bruce. <laughs> how is it going from writing this book, A Dog's Purpose, seeing it go to the New York Times bestseller list, and then X number of, we'll say, months, years pass by, then all of a sudden it's revisited again and now not only is it on the list but it, as you said on the number one spot in two different categories is it easy to wrap your head around that or are you still just totally in shock give me give me what you're thinking you know this little book this a dog's purpose has just kept performing it came out july 10th 2010 and it has been on the bestseller list or barely off of it ever since it not only has it spent 52 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. It's actually now 55, but it was 52 weeks not long ago. And the way it got there was so interesting because three of those weeks came a year after the paperback was released. Around Christmas time, all of a sudden, there it was on the list again. Nobody expected it. It showed up. So what's it like? It's, it's like it's like a an overnight success, except for it took me my, my whole life to get here. But it, it certainly uh, has caught the public's imagination, and I am gratified and humbled and thrilled 
that everybody likes it so much. Absolutely. You know, and, and the great thing, Bruce, we've talked uh, over the years about uh, all your writing and everything, and, and I'm sure your fans already know this, but, you know, this overnight success was not an overnight success. It wasn't necessarily like your your very first novel that you penned went number one, and you've had number ones ever since. This has been quite quite a journey of your own. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wanted my whole life to uh, be a, a writer. I wanted to be an author, a novelist. In fact, I declared in my early 20s that it was my life's ambition to be the number one New York Times bestselling author of something. And that was in my 20s. And then years and years went by without me selling anything, not so much as a short story. And I wrote short stories. I wrote nine unpublished novels before my 10th book finally took off. I sold eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. It became a New York Times bestseller. It became a TV show. It was a big, life-changing thing for me. But I still haven't sold a novel. That was a, a nonfiction humor category book, and as were my next couple of books. So it really was a dog's purpose that was my not only my first published novel, but then it went all the way. And now, it's, as you say, it's number one. So what is it like? It feels like I, I wanted to do this for so long, and now that it's here, I'm having a little trouble taking it in. <laughs> it has to be. I mean, I'm so proud of you for everything you put into the book and, and seeing your career moving forward in such great strides. It's, uh, you know, it's exciting for me, so to try to even just get my toe in your shoe a little bit there, it's got to be fantastic, awe-aspiring, probably wake up in the middle of the night thinking, what in the world is going on here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every New Year's Eve, Catherine and I, we don't make resolutions, my wife Catherine and I instead declare what the next year is going to be. You know, we don't say the year of the monkey. We'll say things like the year we get out of debt, you know, the year we go on vacation. We declared 2016 to be the year that our movie came out, A Dog's Purpose. Then they changed it on us and made it and, and changed the date for January 27th, 2017. So I guess I don't know what I don't know I don't even remember what we declared this year to be. I think we were just so shocked by what's happening that we're having trouble putting it into words. Absolutely. So once again, I know your fans uh, probably know the story well, but I want to make sure everybody's aware of it because even the book A Dog's Purpose. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't like you had an epiphany inside it. Hey, I'm going to uh, start writing dog books now. This was actually sort yeah. of a, a healing type book for, and healing type book for uh, for Catherine as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I had met this woman. Her name was Catherine. I was pretty enamored of her. We were headed up the West Coast. We were going to, in the car. We were going to meet her family there up in the Bay Area. And Catherine had just lost her Doberman pincer, Ellie. And Ellie died, I think, if she was four years old, so it was way too young. And it was Catherine's first dog. She had never had a dog before, and so she was completely unprepared for the weight of grief that overtook her. She turned to me and said, I will never through that again. I am never going to have another dog. And this was really bad news for me because I had started to picture that Catherine would be pretty big in my life. And uh, I've always had dogs. I can't imagine going through life without a dog. So I had to come up with some way to convince her that it was actually really important for us to get a dog. And I, I told the story. I told the story of a dog that reincarnates and remembers each life along the way, learning many lessons and realizing there must be a purpose for all this or it wouldn't keep being reborn. And that, after I told her that story, she turned to me and she said, that's your next book. You have to write that as a book. 
<laughs> so that's amazing. So being the good boyfriend, you got to come up with something to make him feel good. So you, being a brilliant writer you are, come up with this story, sort of off the cuff, we'll say, that not only heals her, makes her feel better, but also uh, starts the uh, the strides towards the, uh, obviously, the number one best-selling book, A Dog's Purpose. Yeah, and it was not only off the cuff, but normally when I tell a story, it's like I'm fitting together the pieces in a jigsaw puzzle, and when I'm writing a book, I'll start putting the pieces together, and then I'll realize no, that's not the way it's supposed to be, and I have to take the pieces off the board and try it again. With a dog's purpose, this thing came to me as if someone else built the crossword puzzle and then glued the pieces together so I couldn't screw it up. I mean, I heard this whole story in my head, beginning to the end. Every character, every scene, it just came, boom, which never has happened before or since. I don't know why. I just know that it felt like a gift, like a, like a gift from God that I was given this book to write and uh, certainly it has been a gift to my career. It has been a gift to my life. Catherine liked it so much that she married me. That was a <laughs> gift. So everything's going great. And it all just it all just clicked on that ride up the coast. And like all good stories, you end up getting the girl in the end. So that, uh, <laughs> yes. And the beautiful, right. Yes, the beautiful and talented Catherine Michon. Well, I always had to she's put that beautiful. in there. Yeah, I'm, she's beautiful and talented. I didn't Absolutely. have to shoot any bad guys like you do in some stories. <laughs> I just wound up. I just wound up with the beauty. Yeah, that's right. And you know, you talked about always you know, the big deal breaker there, which you've always had dogs in your life. So how would you go on in this relationship if it wasn't a dog? But also, uh, your uh, daughter is heavily involved with uh, animal rescue and and helping the uh, furry friends out as well. Yeah, that's right. You know, when I when I was growing up, my dad would buy dogs from a breeder. Uh, they were usually AKC. I'm not sure they all were. They were Labradors to a, every single one of them. And then, so I thought that's what you did. When you when it was time to get a dog, you had to, had to buy one from some uh, breeder. And then I got involved in the world of rescue because my daughter runs Life is Better Rescue in Denver, Colorado. And her whole thing is to go into kill shelters and find the ones that are marked for execution and say, we can save this one. And usually it's because it has a medical problem that can be fixed that their organization will pay for, or it's because the dog is uh, needs to be re-socialized. There's usually some reason why they need to dump the dog, and uh, she'll take it, and she'll find a home for it. And that's her specialty. It's not just dogs. It's cats, horses. She's done uh, reptiles. And she's even done a, a couple of chickens, which I think is crazy. But that's what it's so... Yeah, so the short answer is my daughter is involved in rescue. Uh, it has changed the way I look at the world. I no longer buy dogs from uh, breeders. I get them from shelters. Specifically, I get them from uh, my daughter's rescue. So she can pick out the best dogs. She can really, she's so good at matching people with dogs. And she matched me with Tucker. Tucker is our little 26-pound dog. I think he's down to 25 pounds now. He's a little bit. He's so scruffy and funny, and he's got so many different dogs in him. No idea. When people say what kind of dog is Tucker, I say, I don't know. That's right. He, he rules the roost. He is a handsome feller. That's for sure. <laughs> and yeah, everybody can take yeah. a look at uh, of your uh, on the on the back of your books. Obviously, there's a picture of, of you and Tucker there as well. And uh, Tucker's had his own fame on the silver screen as well, being in uh, Catherine's movie. Yeah. He was in the movie Muffin Top, A Love Story. He played a dog, <laughs> which he did quite well. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got cut from that movie. I don't know if you knew of this, but... No, no. Yeah, I was in a scene that got cut 
from the movie, and, and I was sleeping with the director, okay? I was sleeping with Catherine Machado, and I still got cut from the movie. And the scene, I played man in a bar. And so I got to tell you, I, I think I'm pretty good at playing man in a bar. But <laughs> for, some reason, they, for some reason, they cut the scene anyway. And I'm not in, I'm not in a dog's purpose. Uh, they wanted real actors. I volunteered to play anything that they wanted, and they said no thanks. Uh, so... We, St- Catherine and I co-wrote the screenplay, but we we were, we didn't uh, we didn't get the star of the movie. <laughs> Thanks, but uh, no, stick to the writing, kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some of us. In, in, I'm on radio, so maybe you know, maybe that's uh, something there, and on the silver screen as well. So you know what they say about radio voices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been told that I have a fa- I have a face for radio. So there you go. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. All right. Well, we're going to take a little commercial break here and let our sponsors have a chat with you all. But we're going to come back and talk to uh, number one New York Times bestselling author Bruce Cameron. Talk to him a little bit about the movie A Dog's Purpose. And uh, we'll sort of go from there. It's going to be exciting. I cannot wait for the movie to come out. So everybody just hang tight. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite and Licko Chops. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite for your dog this week. We'll send you a bottle of Licko Chops free. New, improved Licko Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E. And now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Licko Chops. Free this week at Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And continue our chat with my good friend, number one New York Times bestselling author, Bruce Cameron. Now, Bruce, tell us about Dog's Purpose, the movie, as far as uh, when is it coming out and what can everybody sort of expect from, uh, from the movie? Well, the movie will be out... January 27th. This year, 2017, it stars Dennis Quaid, A.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, who is just perfect in it. And I say that just because she's in so many movies and she's so good at playing a young girl. She looks, in the movie, she looks like she's 15, 16, and of course she's in her 20s. Peggy Lipton of Mod Squad fame, yeah. uh, she's in the movie. And of course, the stars are, the real stars are the dogs. We've got uh, just amazing dog 
The main dog, the dog that is reincarnated and remembers each life, is voiced by the actor Josh Gatt. Yeah. Josh is hilarious, and I, I actually had the honor of seeing the movie with Josh for the first time for both of us. And he is such a, an emotive guy that he laughed at all the jokes and he cried at all the movie parts. It was really, it was really an experience to watch the movie with him. He, he brought so much to it. It was so much fun. Now, sitting there, and, you know, it's great, great cast. I mean, it's just a fantastic cast. I think that they did a fantastic job putting it together. I've seen the trailers and can't wait. I will be ready to go when it hits my neighborhood theater. I already know where my popcorn is, so I'm, I'm good. So we're great to go there. So tell us about the sort of the sneak peek. How was it the first time, you know, here you are, you, you've written the book. Now you, you and Catherine, you've written the screenplay for it. And now it's actually on film or digital or whatever they use nowadays. How was that part of it, the surrealness of that? I mean, did you get lost in the moment or was it, oh my gosh, I can't can't believe what I'm seeing here. We were actually invited to be on set. So we were up in Winnipeg where the majority of the scenes were shot. We were up there during the what I thought was a mosquito apocalypse because <laughs> there were so many mosquitoes. I thought they're taking over. So we donated a lot of blood involuntarily to the mosquito population. But I will say that one of the things that is most striking is to suppose that this story that I told to Catherine Michon in the car one night on our way up the coast of California resulted in so many people with jobs, with from drivers to grips to gappers to TAs to people serving food to people cleaning to security guards. And then, of course, the actors, the director, all of these people are there because of that story, because I made up that story. That was a very impactful moment. That really felt to me like I had accomplished something good and had given all these people jobs. I was I was really moved by that. It's got to be amazing, you know. And if you've been on set, you know, I've been fortunate to be on on set uh, myself and have some little tidbit roles. Uh, we'll say behind uh, what do they call them the background noise. Tim, don't speak, just smile and wave, you know, type of roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's amazing how much time it takes per scene, and then the amount of people, like you said, the support mechanisms. There's so much that goes into it that it's not just uh, you know a handful of people. It's it. There's a reason why films cost so much to make. There's a lot of people, not only the talent, but all the people behind the scenes that make this thing work. I know there's so much going on, and it, to the uninitiated, it gets boring and weird awfully fast. You're like, what could possibly? going on. Nobody seems to be doing anything. But of course, there's plenty going on. There's lots of setting and, and uh, getting the camera and the right sound and everything set up correctly. But I will tell you the secret for not getting bored on a set. Okay. The secret is have a lot of dog actors in the movie, and then you can play with the dog. And so I was on set, I suppose it might have been their purpose that I would speak to the actors and the director and producer. All I did was play with the dog. I was on my knees wrestling with a corgi, I was playing with bulls, I was, it's, it's, that's just who I am. And these dogs were fantastic, and they were so loving. They've all been trained with play and affection, and not treat. Oh. So, you know, and how, you know how in some movies you'll see a dog, and it's looking off camera because it's looking at the person who's going to give it a treat. Right. These dogs, these dogs don't get treats. These dogs are rewarded with play and affection. They're, they're allowed to play tongue on a toy. So that's the relationship they have. They're so eager to please that they're spending all their time like looking where they're supposed to be looking. And then they can bring real emotion if they can figure out what you want. 
and there's this one dog, Bolt. He plays Buddy in the movie. And Buddy, for your listeners who have read the book, Buddy is the final dog that meets along this journey. And this dog, Bolt, when he looks at the camera, you swear that he is sad when he's supposed to be sad and happy when he's supposed to be happy. He really seems to get what we wanted from him. So I thought he was a fake. There you go. Yeah, some of them are just naturals, and they know how to pull at your heartstrings or, or even make you laugh when that time comes. Yeah. Dogs are amazing creatures, and they want so much to please us that when they figure out that, oh, when I, when I pick up that this is the emotional mood of what's going on and I react to it accordingly, I get to play. So they'll start doing that. It was just, it was just wonderful. Oh, that's got to be fun. Got to be so much fun. So I've got to ask you this from the the writer's standpoint, you know, the author of the book and writer of the screenplay. You hear the old adage of, uh, well, it's nothing like book. So I've got to ask you, and I always say everybody go out and pick up a copy. I'm sure they've already got a copy of A Dog's Purpose, but the uh, the movie tie-in book is out there, and uh, that's the one that's hit the number one New York Times bestseller list. But you, can you step away and say, hey, this is exactly like the book? Is it close to the book? Or uh, what's your thoughts on all that? Well, you know, if you made a movie exactly like the book, it would have to be a really short book or a really long movie. There <laughs> is. That's why I'm saying book before movie. There's so many characters in A Dog's Purpose that have their whole story, the whole backstory, just sort of hinted at. It doesn't really mouth why they are the way they are, what their motivation is for what they're doing. So I really believe this book before movie thing is movement to try to get people to read the book ahead of time so that you'll you'll have a roadmap. They'll know what's going on. It won't actually spoil it for you because there's a lot of scenes that are going to be new to you if you have read the book. And, you know, those decisions had to be made because, again, things had to be told much more quickly. The story had to get out much faster. And so to accomplish that, some things were stitched together, some things happened that, uh, and a lot of stuff was cut. So, that's what I'm going to urge. If you consider reading the book A Dog's Purpose, read both of them, read A Dog's Purpose, and then the, the sequel, the second in the series, is A Dog's Journey. If you go in there armed with that, you'll have a much better experience. But if you don't feel like doing that, I still say go see this movie. It's a wonderful movie. You can take your whole family. You can take your grandmother. You can take your grandson. doesn't matter. They're all going to enjoy this movie. Yeah, they will definitely enjoy the movie and, and definitely enjoy the book, too. So I encourage you, either get your book and read it before you go to the movie or go immediately afterwards and get the book afterwards and do your own comparison. Take your own notes on that. And uh, there's a, as a matter of fact, they're not a sponsor, but we'll just say a, a major brick-and-mortar bookstore that has initials B and N happens to be outside our major theater. Uh, literally, you, you walk out of the theater and right there is the brick and mortar store. So for those of you who live uh, in the in my neck of the woods in Atlanta, then there's no excuse. They're right next door to each other. So <laughs> pick up a book. That's, that's right. And of course, while you're there, you pick up a copy of A Dog's Journey, which is the, uh, the sequel to A Dog's Purpose. And you've got to read that one too. That's an exciting book as well. So, Bruce, tell us a little bit then about how, uh, once the movie is uh, out and done, what's your life like after that? Because I know you continue writing. I know I'm sure you just recently had a little respite, but I'm sure you got some writing done then as well. So, tell us what <laughs> – I know that you never, never stop. I don't feel like I've written a word in two months. It's been just so hectic trying to keep our arms around all the appearances and the marketing. But I will tell you that, yes, that's my profession. I'm continuing with it. And 
I've got a book coming out in May. It's called A Dog's Way Home. It Ooh. is about a dog who is banished from the city of Denver because of three specific legislation. And because of that, the dog winds up being relocated hundreds of miles away. Figures that this is wrong and kind of crazy because the family couldn't possibly have intended for her to be so far away. And so she sets off on her own to find her family. And she heads into the Colorado Rocky Mountains and must live in the wilderness on her way back to Denver. And it's an adventure story. It's told from the point of view of a dog. It is very similar to A Dog's Purpose in many ways. I just think anyone who loves the movie or the book A Dog's Purpose is going to love this one, A Dog's Way Home. Man, that is fantastic. I'm making my mental note because you're going to be back on the show at that time. I know it because I will demand it. Uh, we'll go ahead and put a place marker in for you. <laughs> but that's exciting. Well, that's you know that's pretty good for a guy who uh, is not a, a dog writer. All of a sudden, uh, I think there's a little bit of niche that we're all glad that you found there, Bruce. Yeah, I know. I don't mind it at all either, I'll tell you. And it's really, it's so much fun to think that I get to have my life be about dogs. I love dogs. And they're very, I think, emotionally and spiritually, dogs are really well connected. And if you are a person who is at all sensitive to the emotions of a dog, you can really get a good benefit in your life. If you go out and rescue a dog, get one off the street, get, help a dog find its way to your home, and there's almost no better feeling than knowing that you have saved an animal who, through no fault of its own, found itself away from many support systems. And dogs need people, and we need to be there for them. Love it, Bruce. That's uh, right after our own hearts, so couldn't, couldn't have said it any better. So we appreciate that very much, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. So, Bruce, once again, congratulations on everything. Number one, New York Times bestselling book, A Dog's Purpose. Everybody go up and pick up uh, another copy of it. Pick up the uh, the uh, film version or the film cover. It has a brand-new exciting cover on there. So we're excited about that. And, uh, of course, get you a copy of A Dog's Journey while you're there as well. So, Bruce, hey, congratulations on the movie coming out. I'm so excited for you guys. And uh, I'm going to look forward to circling back around with you and talk to you uh, again real soon about the next project. All right. It's always a pleasure to be here. You guys take care. All right. Very good. Well, we're coming to the end of the show uh, today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank our producers and sponsors for making this show possible. Uh, if you have any questions for me, comments, or ideas for the show, you can email me. Email me at tim at petliferadio.com. That's tim at petliferadio.com, and I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a blog, an article, a book, or in a movie even. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.